Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, The Legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about The Legend of Korra, book four, Balance. Episodes one and two, episode one is After All These Years, and episode two is Korra Alone. And we've jumped three years into the future, you know, three years later, I should say, there, you know, we find our characters in very different places. There's some new people that we get, that we meet and we interact with. But what's important is that Allison. Tom is alive and Korra's with Tom. I lost my mind. I wish I had been there. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It was so satisfying. And I, I was sitting on the couch next to Tom and she landed in that cave or woke up in the cave. And I went, Ooh, that's tough. And he went, no, it's not. And I was like, no, no, I can feel it. It's tough. It's definitely tough. And he was like, I, I think maybe you're right. They just keep not showing her face. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's because they need to wait to show her eyes so we get confirmation that it's tough. And then it was tough. It was tough. I sort of like, I started to wonder the second that she started chasing um, what I'm going to assume was that very helpful, extremely cute spirit of assuming the form of tiny baby Naga was how I was reading it. (laughs) Um, So she chased tiny baby Naga into the swamp. And as she was approaching the swamp, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to be, she, it's going to be, there's going to be Top. It's got to have to be Toph because that's where Aang saw like spirit Toph and knew to go look for Toph. So it's got to be somehow Toph related. But I didn't actually expect it would be Toph. I thought it would be like, oh my Toph. And instead it was actually fucking Toph. It was Toph. And she said twinkle toes and I lost my mind. I was so excited. I needed this today. I'm incredibly underslept. Our water is going to be off until 4 p.m. And they were supposed to shut it off at 9. And instead they shut it off at 8.45. So I just, today is garbage. And that is the best. That <laughs> is the only good thing. That and Marcus gets a called it, which I feel like we should acknowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Marcus is also way to way to go um Marcus and I think multiple called it but for sure the time jump um so good for Marcus and also good for all of us I feel like maybe I'm sorry I'm taking so much time but obviously my cup it runneth over um I feel like this is the opportunity where I should uh call the Caldwells like on a phone lay like an actual phone and say mm-hmm. listen I know that you're behind um, but you don't understand. You have to catch up now. <laughs> Only then they'll both think that it's because it's Sokka. Yeah. But it's, it's tough! <laughs> Marcus makes an excellent point. I applaud the voice actress as soon as she spoke. I was like, tough! In a hundred, a hundred percent. I do not get that as much with Katara. Or, and obviously not at all with Zuko. But, uh, but with Toph, I thought, I think they did a really good job. Uh, Noel, did you similarly freak out? Because I know I did. I got very excited. Uh, I'm very, and Allison, really, you should just go ahead and watch episode three, like, today while you're waiting for your water to get on, because there's a lot of toff in that episode, and it's going to make you very, very happy. And there's a lot of good toff in that episode. It's going to just, listeners, she is just Kermit arm flailing. I was definitely Kermit arm flailing. It was not intentional. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. You don't know how much I needed this. Yeah, no. So I would really encourage you just to go ahead and watch episode three. Maybe watch it a couple times. 
Um, cause, just cause there's a lot of good tough stuff in it. Um, but yeah, I was very excited about it. Um, very pleased cause Toph's, Toph is goat and it's, it's hard not to appreciate her coming back, but she is also, and we'll get into this like tomorrow, exactly the teacher that Cora has always needed is the thing. Um, just the perfect teacher for her. So I'm very excited for what we're going to get into tomorrow. Um, and I'm very, but I'm very excited to talk about these two episodes um, in part because it means we finally get to talk about that Kuvira woman that was so conspicuously name dropped <laughs> in the finale multiple times for no real reason. No, no, no real reason at all. No, 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 no. Even though that character does actually show up um, in the episode Kuvira shows up in that episode where uh, Zaheer and the Red Lotus try to abduct Korra from Zaufu, but she's never named and she gets like two lines of dialogue, but she's in that episode as well. Yeah, so it's not like they just dropped her there, but yeah. But they basically just dropped her there. <laughs> it was, uh, I have to say, we didn't talk about that at the time, I don't think, but it was no. the most conspicuous new character thing I've ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it it's very, real bad. Like, oh, okay, I guess. Hi. This will be a thing. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Anything else we got to say about Toph? Um, How are we going to talk about literally anything else? I mean, I get just the end of that episode. There's there's more stuff to talk about. But uh, before we leave Toph, uh, I think they handled the reveal really well. I, we already commended the voice performance. Uh, the actor, we should mention, uh, the, the actor is uh, Felice Sampler, I'm going to guess is how that's pronounced. Felice, uh, in very, you know, they're very good. And versus, like, you know, in the original, it was Michaela Jill Murphy in Avatar The Last Airbender. She's the original voice actor for Toph. Because, um, like, I almost, like, wanted to double check. Did they bring back the same voice actor? And they didn't. Um, and, uh, so that was terrific. I'm just so looking forward to Cora just getting her Luke on, right? You know, being all angsty and, and, and full of uh, tremendous trauma and pain and getting trained in a swamp by, by Toph, who just, you know, she's, she's still going to be tough. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, of course, what takes us to that moment, let's start with Cora, is a lot of pain and trauma. And, uh, I think it's handled really well here. Uh, yeah, Elson, how did that, you know, work for you? Cause I know you were very concerned about Cora where we left her in the last, the, the previous finale. You know, I feel like this is sort of the Cora episode that I've, unfortunately been waiting for since season one mm-hmm. or i'm sorry um cora alone is the episode that i've been waiting for for cora since season one um which is not to say she's never had any character development obviously she has but this is the first one that i felt like was really interested in her internal life in her relationship to her own abilities and her past and her body um and fear and pain and loss and all of those things uh, which is, I mean, great and incredibly welcome, even if it's really hard to watch. Um, before we leave Toph entirely, because this sort of links them, one of the things that I think is especially impressive about that episode and sort of the one before because of the reveal at the end of the episode is that um, when we find Cora with her, with her, I will say, very stylish bob of sadness, 
um, it's a great haircut. It's just, this is the like, thing I was looking forward to you saying. How great is her hair? Oh, it's great. It's a really, really great haircut, um, even if it is also a very sad haircut. She looks great. Depression, but make it fashion. Um, <laughs> like, really, really good. Uh, when we find her in that ring doing her earth bending, I, I, like, as I was watching, I was like, the boulder, right? So then I immediately started thinking about Toph, which I think is so smart, right? Like, they thread that needle for you without realizing, without you needing to realize that that's what's happening. First, we get time with Katara, and then we get that reminder of Aang, and then we, I mean, we've already seen her in the ring, but then when she finally gets to Bossing Say, is she in Bossing Say? Where is she? She's um, somewhere un- in the undefined Earth part of the Earth Kingdom, yeah. um, near the swamp. It's implied that it's the same swamp right. that they went to. So yeah, it's somewhere in the Earth Kingdom. So when we find her in that ring, having that fight and losing, uh, it's a really interesting point of comparison because Toph was doing that as sort of a celebration of an addition to her power, right? It was a choice she was making for herself. If not a joyful choice, then certainly a conscious choice. It was not self-destructive. And it's hard not to see Cora's decision to do that as being self-destructive. And when you combine that with her reaction to that, the ang rolls and that picture of him, mm-hmm. um, it was so nice to see a picture of Aang where he looked like the child that we knew. Um, even even as an adult, like there was still some of that dopey enthusiasm that we love so much. Um, and then her uh, scenes with Katara and her relationship to Katara, I just, it primed us so well for that reveal without ever really tipping its hand, I think, until you see this one. Um, so I was very impressed. And I think that um, Janet Varney? Mm-hmm. Janet Varney, yeah. Yes, nailed it. I never get those right. Um did a really great job. It's a very emotive performance without um, pushing over into melodrama too easily. I think she just is doing a really nice job of finding a way to play this really upsetting stuff um, in an active, restrained, vulnerable way. It's a tricky balance and she's just nailing it. Noel, how was uh, revisiting this chapter for Cora for you? Yeah, so like naming your naming an episode Korra alone is tough. Like you're immediately calling Zuko alone on purpose. Um and Zuko alone is one of the best episodes of the show. So I really like how they sort of twist the idea of in that in Zuko alone, Zuko's trying to run from who he is. And Korra's trying to run to who she wants, who think who she thinks she needs to be. Um, but she's also literally fighting against herself um, in the same way that Zuko's constantly fighting against all the the red and blue dragons on his shoulders. <laughs> um, so I like that it still has that in, that struggle for identity that happens in Zuko alone and then just gets twisted just a little bit to show a different kind of struggle for identity um, because everything around her is moving on so that struggle with the air with asami starting to flourish with bolin joining up with kuvira with mako back on the beat with the aeronomads rebuilding 
and becoming a peacekeeping force um, in her stead. And just, do I need to be here? What does it mean for me to be the Avatar? And all of this stuff, uh, the world's not waiting for her to get better. And so watching her kind of struggle and try to figure out what her identity is again, I think it's just really moving and it's really potent. Um, so I was really happy to revisit it. Um, the one uncharitable thing I have, and this is across the board for what I remember of this season, um, is just, I keep thinking about what the season one version of Korra alone looks like aesthetically and on mm-hmm. an animation level. Um, and it's just like, it's less bright, it's more moody, um, it's less flat. Um, and this is just something that I'm going to have to deal with in book four because they didn't have the budget, um, to do book one type stuff, um, which you can start seeing creep into book three, but it still looks really good. And I really like how they animate Korra against the avatar figment of herself. So I was really glad to have it come back. I was really glad to see how they adjusted that format and everything from Zuko alone to just really tell this beautiful story. And I never considered both watching it now and watching it uh, back in 2014, um, everything that Allison just said, which I think is just so insightful and so wonderfully noticed um, because I never thought about the ways that they structured that reveal so beautifully across that entire episode. Like, it's just really well done. And Allison, kudos for just picking that apart. So jealous. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It's really good. And I'm very... It's... Yeah. I'm very excited for everyone to watch episode three. Uh, <laughs> um, but, Kate, how was it for you to come back to Korra alone? I was so excited because, you know, obviously, since we've seen it, we know what's coming, right? So mm-hmm. I was just like, I wonder, when does Toph show up again? When does Toph... I know it's, I know it's not that far in. Um, so when, uh, when we see her chasing the, the dog and headed out, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I was like, follow that dog. It's too cute. It's the most adorable doggy ever. Uh, I didn't even think of the baby Naga, which is a fun, fun parallel, Ellison. Um, so it was just, it was just as delightful and wonderful as I remembered. And, uh, even like the first time I watched it, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, I wasn't interacting with the show in the way that we are now. I wasn't thinking about it critically beyond like, oh, it's fun, you know, a couple sentences about it on the podcast, maybe. Um, and so, uh, the notion of, of course, it had to be top. It's not just that we're bringing top back because, She's great. It, we're bringing Toph back because that is the perfect person to work with Korra uh, in a way that she was definitely not the right person to, to work with Aang. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's like, ah, oh, okay. It feels like a, um, like a, like a DS9 Dax situation where it's like, you know, the right blend of, of the, you know, which life is it kind of a thing. So it, where it's just like, oh, this is going to be great. Or like the doctor too. Like this companion was good with that doctor, but after the generation off, oh, they're the perfect doctor companion mix kind of a thing. Um, so I'm really excited to see uh, what's going to, or to revisit, I guess, what's going to happen next. Uh, but we also got to talk about Opal and Kai, because what an entrance. So amazing. So great. And like, after really underdeveloping Opal, I mean, like she's, she's charming and we like her in season three, but like, this is a way to go. No, you're getting on board with Opal because she's awesome. Thoughts on 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 wh- where we find the Air Nomads? Uh, what a 
what an entrance you're right the super suits yeah. we have super suits now the technology you can tell that the air nation is doing really well because the technology is evolving and all all of this free development from future industries no doubt you, you know asami <laughs> had a hand in those look at those lines yeah. that's a yeah. stylish suit yeah so she's she's really leaning into her her bruce wayne days mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, it It was great. I enjoyed both these episodes a lot. It's hard to not sort of dwell on Cora alone specifically because even the moments that are sticking with me with the other characters are also mostly from Cora alone. Like, I cannot understate how much I enjoyed Cora's correspondence. Oh my do you God. want me to read you Bolin's uh, uh, letter? Because I do have yes. to say. Yes, please. I want every word, and then I want to picture the pictures. Right, I can't do you the picture, but it is a very good sketch of Kavira, the rest of that crew, and Pabu. Um, It's it's great. It's so great. Yes, please. My dearest Avatar Korra, (laughs) though several fortnights have passed since your departure to convalesce in the homeland of your tribesmen, I feel our friendship knows neither time nor distance. It's so good. And the and the picture is so good. And you know, the thing that makes it extra special good is coming on the heels of Mako's letter. Like it's really it's a one-two punch because the Mako letter is really funny too. And he's like, it's uh it's two fifteen in the afternoon. The weather is fine. It's like, oh God, this is the most Mako letter that ever existed. It's also maybe the most I've ever liked him. Like it just I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, I'm starting to get you. I understand you now. Um, and then, my dearest. And it's also just like stacks of paper. He's written her like a short novel yeah, by hand that I don't even know what the postage for that was. <laughs> so it's just wonderful. And it's such a nice follow-up on him handing her the letter. Anyway, um, you asked about Opal, not about Bolin, but obviously the two are linked. Uh, and my heart hurts a little bit for both of them. Although I do think that Bolin, um, if if a whole bunch of people around you are like mm, about your about your choice of employment, um, you should perhaps reconsider. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean we don't know this woman very well yet, but um, certainly. Uh, smacks of um we will be greeted as liberators doesn't it um it's not great it's not a comparison we like um so maybe bolin listen to your girl and listen to your pals and uh make better choices i'm just guessing i don't know we'll see where it goes but yes opal the action star i'm all about slightly more grown-up kai extremely exciting i squealed um, I think all of the animation in that first episode does a really nice job of making them all look slightly different, um, which is great, like recognizable, but obviously older, um, obviously, especially Kai, but all of them just really, and oh, well, and Milo, mm-hmm. who is not even recognizable. Well, see, the thing I love about Milo's character design for his older self is that he looks like the perfect blend of Aang and Tenzin. Yeah. That I can't get over it. (laughs) Um, I really literally cannot get over how perfect of a blend he is of his father and his grandfather. Like, I can't. I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a good character design. 
It's not as good as one of the other character designs in this, but I'll talk about that in a second. Ooh, okay, great. Uh, anyway, yes, thumbs up on Opal. I am excited to spend more time with her and not just as a love interest for Bolin. Uh, Noel, how was how was your time? Re- like checking in with everyone. I really like like the format of this episode uh, to really, and it drives home that kind of sense of isolation that we get in Cora alone that Cora is experiencing because she's not here for any of this. And so I really like that we get these check-ins with literally everyone about the state of the world um, through all these ways, because it's really easy to see that initial opening press conference is happening kind of quickly after the events of uh, book three. And then they're just like, no, it's been three years. And it's just like, what? Um, And I think that watching all of that play out and then getting us up caught up, I think works really well. But I think that the idea that our big entry into what's going on in what's left of the Earth Kingdom through Opal and Kai is also just really smart since it'd be really easy to do the kids. It'd be easy to do Tenzin, um, Tenzin's kids, Iki, Milo, and uh, Janora. But doing Opal and Kai really reinforces that these are, while supporting characters, are still going to be important going forward. And yeah, maybe you didn't like them in season three. Um, it also doesn't matter because book four started like a month after book three stopped airing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like they didn't have time to reply to respond to anything. But it was very much a, yeah, no, we know they're kind of scrappy, do sort of inserts, but you're going to like them anyway. And here's how. And we're going to give you these cool action sequences with both of them that work really, really well and look really good. So I'm really glad. I like the air suits and everything. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I was really pleased with it. Marcus says their outfits made me think of a colorful version of the Avengers Endgame suits, which is, yeah, a good like, call. Yeah. Uh, and, and Marcus also says, I couldn't figure out if Kavira follows the foreign policy of post-World War II America or pre-World War II Britain. Hmm. So we will get more with Kavira. And then I look forward to your thoughts, Marcus. Yeah. So I will just drink some water and ask Noel which character design he was talking about as being most exciting. I love Kavir's character design a ton. Um, I love her whole, the way that they designed her armor and everything and how it's super functional. Um, She uses it to like attack those bandits. Um, And I really like all of that kind of stuff, the armor and everything. But I love her design specifically because it's so heavily androgynous. Um, especially depending on where they're positioning her within a frame. Um, because it's really easy for you to think that the character is off-model with her. Um, but I don't think that's ever off-model. I think it's by design. She's a deeply androgynous-looking character. So that sometimes she looks deeply feminine. Other times, depending on the angle, it's a really like very pretty masculine in a um, Bishonen, which is a type of um, pretty boy um, character in uh, Japanese manga and anime. Um, so that she shifts between those depending on like who she's talking to, where she's being framed. And I really like the flexibility of that design, but I also really like that we get a character that, even for a show like this, where it's generally pretty easy to differentiate, is not easy to tell sometimes. And I really, really like that. Um, just from a design perspective, because sometimes everyone can feel a little samey in terms of, yeah, it's it's a female character. Yeah, it's a male character. And Kuvera very walks that line, I think, really, really nicely of being able to be both. Um, so I really dig it. And I really like her as 
we'll discuss a little bit more as the season goes on as a very designed purposefully as a counterpart against Korra in a number of ways. Um, and very purposefully designed as finally doing a female villain for Korra, but also doing one that feels Korra-esque in certain ways as well. Yeah. No, she's great. Uh, she's really effective. And yeah, that's like, speaking of what an entrance that those bandits, yeah. that's, yeah, that's a way to declare yourself to a show. Yeah, no, they they go real hard in. Yeah, she can take on a whole group of bandits. No problem. She's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of uh, introducing a character with confidence uh, and yeah, and, and a strong design or a strong like concept of the character, the Earth Prince, he's going to be here like all season. Yeah, um, Allison, how did you feel about Prince Wu, the great nephew of the of the formerly former Earth Queen, the now deceased Earth Queen? Long may she reign. I feel like maybe the Earth Kingdom should do away with the monarchy. It doesn't seem to be working out for them on any level. Um, I feel for Mako, um, poor guy. Uh, never thought I would think, man, just let the man be a cop. Um, but yeah, but here we are. Um, Marcus says he's the best recruitment tool Covira could hope for. I think that is accurate. Um, yeah, he's just the worst, huh? Just like, just the worst. It's nice to have a, a, wow he's the worst character in this vein where it's like a little closer to Varric but without the charm um which is kind of nice right we've had a lot of like glowering menacing bad guys it's nice to have um like a Joffrey but um but perhaps not as efficient at being a monster although who knows the night is young this season is young Marcus, because you, you'd said without the charm of Varric, Marcus says, or competence? Yeah, who's, who's not competent? Um, we can discuss like this a bit more tomorrow, I think, because yeah. um, yeah. Wu comes to the forefront a bit more tomorrow. Um, but he's just the worst. Um, and But it's also such good sort of like pairing, because Mako's the show's ultimate straight man. Um, so pairing him with this just fop of a human being um, is really great, like comedic storytelling provides plenty of antics. Um, so it works really well, but he's just, Wu is just so much not what the show is, um, which is, I, I also think by design, but he's just deeply, deeply frustrating to watch <laughs> and very annoying. I kind of forgot how annoying he was. I like remembered but I didn't remember the extent to which I just went, I hate this character so much. And I'm supposed to, but I hate this character so yeah. much. <laughs> They're achieving what they set out for. Yeah. But uh, Marcus says, couldn't Mako just, like, resign? Apparently not, or else he would have. Um, Go back to working in the power factory. <laughs> there's there's one more thing I, I want to mention, which is I couldn't place the voice actor for the, the governor of that town for the longest time, oh, or province. Yeah. And it's Robert Morse. Which was awesome. I I looked up on IMDb. I was like, oh, Robert Morris. Yay. I got that one right away. And the reason was, it was like all of a sudden my brain was just 
picturing a guy in a suit and socks singing a show tune in an office building and I went oh it's Robert Morris it was yep. like he popped into my head unbidden what a nice I was like movie. why can't I place him why and I looked I was like of course that's why um do you guys have any other things you wanted to make sure to mention about these episodes mm, let me look Let's I see. did what was it it was something we talked about the letters which gave me life um was there something in episode one? Marcus says it means that uh, Janora should have been there instead. Yeah, we we'll we'll get more Janora, just not quite yet. Good. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I. Uh, well, you know what? I like um, I like the new dynamic with Mako and Lynn. It was much more um. I don't know, uh, like callings, which is mm-hmm. good. Like it's nice to see Lynn interacting with people in a way that's a little bit um, less adversarial. Um, hopefully it's just cause she's been getting some good sister time. Um, so she's nourishing herself in other ways. Regular acupuncture. Yes, regular acupuncture. Oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, I am hopeful for more Lynn. Um, especially now that her mom is back. We, we talked about the design. We have not talked really about the design of the uh, Spectre Korra, Avatar Korra. And oh. it's really, really, really good. It's so effective. I love it. it. Uh, just the physicality and the those unending chains that chains the, the puddle of like mercury or whatever the poison is supposed to be that like, like, oh, yeah, really, really effective. Noel, any final thoughts? It's very, like, Japanese ghost yokai sort of deal of, like, something that's crawled out of the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, But not, like, it calls to it, but it doesn't overplay it, which I really appreciate. But it's just so good. And then when they layered into the fight that we see at the end of um, After All These Years in Korra alone that she thought she was fighting that figment, it just, it works really very well. Um yeah, I'm very excited. And I'm sure that those streamlined, much more smooth-looking mechs won't be a problem at all later this season. Nope. 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 Not no, coming back even no. a little. No. No, no way. Nope. No way. Uh-oh. <laughs> just thirsty. Don't read into this. I'm just real thirsty. Yeah. Marcus says she looked like a Dark Souls boss, and yeah. 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 Um, well, this has been a delight uh i'm so looking forward to talking about all season with you guys but uh thank you for for joining the conversation thank you marcus for hanging out with us in the zoom thank you everyone for listening we'll be back tomorrow to talk about our next two episodes which are episode titles the coronation and (laughs) calling the episode titles do get better but these two aren't great just really quick uh, I'm assuming it's C O R O Nation. Yeah, right? not, not Cora Nation. Coro Nation. Okay. Sorry. It's too bad. That's a missed opportunity. They left that one. They left that one on the floor. That's too bad. That should have been the Cora Nation. And I'm sorry, what was the other one? I got so delighted by the inadvertent pun. <laughs> the calling. Okay. So the coronation, um what's his fuck? The shitty prince. Joffrey is gonna get coronated. He's gonna, he's gonna go full Elsa, maybe, um, and then one more time. <laughs> exactly, the-, the calling, the calling. See, well, that's because it's a terrible title. Um, I guess maybe um, 
Cora's feeling. I feel like it's not possible for me to even make a guess about that one because it is so vague, and mm-hmm. um, and we have n- like just no other than Cora trains with Toph. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know. She, she, someone ex- feels a calling. <laughs> the titles do get better though. I promise. Okay. So Good. we'll have more to say next. As time. long as we get one more that's on the level of like Venom of the Red Lotus, I'll be great. Yeah. That'll be good. And Cora alone was a very good title. It really yeah. was. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.